That is uh, Steve Avery in mine, and that's his lawyer. I forgot his name. Jerry Buting. There you go. I think you might know that for a reason. Yes. Um, and then I've got uh, Dee Dee Blanchard and her daughter, Gypsy Rose. Uh, this uh, She basically pretended that Gypsy was uh, really sick with a bunch of weird diseases and abused her for years. And so Dee Dee and her boyfriend had her killed. Killed her. It's a solution. It's not probably it not is the a best solution. one. It is one. Although, yes. although, <laughs> you know, get into this, but you know, I I think uh Dee Dee probably deserved that. So Wow, okay. Well, I have not seen that one. So um uh before recording, Jill was telling me all about it and I can't wait. But yeah. um but yeah, we're here to talk about well, we're gonna talk about um November, of course, kind of wrapping mm-hmm. it up and uh and we're going to talk about uh, documentaries, docu-series. And we were first just going to like do something on docu-series because there's just so many. And both of us love cult documentaries. and um, But we decided to settle on true crime. And it, it just so happens, like kind of in the spirit of Noir Member, I've been watching a lot of true crime, like as my kind of, I don't want to say garbage TV because it's not a trash TV because some of them are really good. Some, some of them, them are good. Yeah. Some of them are <laughs> <all. are> not <laughs> very bad. And I watch uh, them anyway. We'll get to those. Um, we are wrapping, currently wrapping up our very first journey, which uh, has been on November. And I think it's been a success. Um, we've uh, We've had three calls so far Mm -hmm. uh covering the first three chapters as we're calling it and we've covered uh so chapter one was port of shadows uh ladies in retirement um let's see we did double indemnity then Mm -hmm. um and actually double indemnity was on the second chapter the second call Mm -hmm. um and that was double indemnity lever to heaven and notorious and then this past week, we did, um, for chapter three, we did In a Lonely Place. Mm-hmm. We did two Ida Lupino films, The Bigamist and The Hitchhiker, and then Stanley Kubrick's The Killing. And then we're wrapping things up with um, two neo-noir, well, uh, I guess Lebowski <laughs> yeah. is a stretch. But we're doing um, nah, One False that. Move, Carl Franklin's uh, One False Move, and Big Lebowski. So <laughs> it's been it's been interesting to revisit for both Aaron and I. I'm speaking for yep. Aaron to revisit some of these films that we've seen many times, mm-hmm. um, and kind of watching them differently. You know, because we're like we're going to be discussing them with with people, and some pe- I think. A lot of the people had seen, although we had one person that had never seen Double Indemnity before, I think. I know, yeah. I think, yeah. And um, there were a few here. And so it's always, there. and I've talked about this before, like on our old show, that, you know, there is this tendency from classic movie people get really weird about this, but like, where they almost shame people for not seeing something so like <laughs> oh how dare you've never seen you know the wizard of oz instead of saying yeah that's oh wow like 
I am so glad, or I'm so jealous that you're seeing this movie for the first time. Mm -hmm. And so that's how I always think, you know, one should approach that because it's impossible for us to see every movie and everyone has blind spots, right? From the, I mean, the biggest movies ever, we all have our blind spots, right? So um, for various reasons. So it was really cool um, because, you know, I made this assumption, I think Aaron, you made this assumption that, yeah, okay, well, we're picking double indemnity. Yeah. Cause mm-hmm. it's the ultimate noir, but oh, God, is this a misstep? Because everyone has seen it. Listeners, not everyone has seen this movie. And so that's one thing. It's a reminder that, you know, there's still films to be discovered. And if a film is good, it doesn't matter if it's popular, put it out there because you may find a new audience for it. And I think that's what happened with this first mm-hmm. journey. And then some of the uh, deeper cut films like Ladies in Retirement or like The Bigamist. I mean, those were first time mm-hmm. watches for several. And for, I'm for just both for really, me. Yeah. Really, yeah, I think I'm thrilled that I mean, is ladies in retirement um groundbreaking no not at all but it's but it's a it's an interesting yeah yeah it's an interesting it's an interesting film that is not going to get talked about so i think um i really love the films we picked for this and Mm -hmm. i hope everyone um that joined the journey enjoy enjoyed it it seemed like they did. There was a lot of engagement. There was activity in the yeah. forums. People were, were talking. Um, people were sharing links with each other about, yeah. uh, and w- which we then included in the materials. So it kind of did work out. Um, to your point about, well, ladies in retirement, what, what's funny. So yeah, that's probably, that's not a, I'll use the term major noir, but I'm not like trying to be right. snobbish with that. But it's not like one of the, the it's not going to make a top 10 list. No. But it's it has that gothic element has a great performance from Ida Lupino um, and some great matte paintings. And, you know, it's it, it really was neat to watch, like, something that's more of like a, a Pride and Prejudice, you know, a Victorian um, uh, kind of film. Um, Wuthering like Heights. Wuthering Heights was, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, with noir uh, elements, with actual murder. And uh, so, and then... I was really happy. I, I didn't realize that not many people, not as many people had seen Lever to Heaven. I just assumed right. that that was, uh, and so I'm not going to spoil it, but if you've seen Lever to Heaven, there is a scene that did, um, can can we say people shat their pants? Okay. Okay. I don't think anybody literally shat their pants, but they're probably tempted. I mean, it's a, and in fact, I just saw on Facebook the other day somebody talking about that scene. They can't watch it. They just can't watch yeah. that scene. Um, but it's an amazing scene. Like I got goosebumps watching it. It still hits you. It still hits you. That's a great movie. And then um in a lonely place, well, we kind of like divvied up which ones we would yeah. present. And my wife was funny. She um she remembers me studying film studies and I had my books out and she's like, Aaron, it's like, you're studying again. I was like, well, yeah, I am. <laughs> I'm reading. Yeah. So I, I read the book of in a lonely place and um, you know, it's not a t- terribly long, it's about 200 pages or so. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing is it gave me a great perspective about how noir films are made because the movie is not much like the book <laughs> because the book right. is, 
much darker. It's about a serial killer. Uh, you know, it's the stuff the Hayes Code just said no, no way. Right. And yeah, and yeah, Ida Lupino, I love the hitchhiker, but I had not seen the bigamist, and I really enjoyed that. Um, I mean it's a it's a weird premise for a noir and especially for a female directed noir. Right. And I don't know Lupino's, you know, how much she attempted to inject feminist statements into her films. I think not much, um, but that's just the impression I get. But um, still, she's a great director, and I'm glad we really three and great actress too. Um, so well, really and her fe her feminism was really about addressing difficult issues. I mean, that right there is feminism yeah. because yeah. you're you're showing. I mean, it is very. You know, I don't want to give anything away with the bigamist because I, I have a feeling we have listeners that haven't seen it. But, you know, there's a, feminism comes in diff, in many different mm -hmm. forms. And I do think the fact that she was taking taking issues that maybe not every American family was dealing with, or at least a lot of that American families would admit to dealing with. But these were all issues that were recognizable mm -hmm. by everyone, right? Whether they wanted to admit it or not. And that, in a way, is feminism, mm -hmm. um, is acknowledging that, you know, the like the home, the atomic family, right. the, the nuclear, is not, yeah. the nuclear yeah. family is not, I said atomic family, Um well, well Oppenheimer, I guess that fits. you know, it's <laughs> yeah, but the but that it doesn't does not match up with whatever um Hollywood or television industry or ad campaigns suggest that there is there are real issues there. So I think and it kind I mean, yeah. Mm -hmm. So no, I, I, I think that that is what she was doing was really brave and um she was she just had stories to tell that's all there is to it she really did and she had a great uh you know steady hand um as far as really interesting shots so that's what the big and extremely uh, efficient i mean nothing yes. nothing is particularly groundbreaking in terms of her style sure but she did i mean so it's very um I guess utilitarian, which really was her approach because she's mm -hmm. she was extremely budget oriented. Um, her goal, the goal of the filmmakers, the production company that she co-founded with her then husband Collier Young, it I mean their their literal mention uh, mission was to produce low budget right. films, right? That address so it was minute, 110, yeah. 120 minutes, yeah, sure, yeah. Uh, and and it was reusing sets it was you know so all of these things but she does do some interesting things with the camera within mm -hmm. that she does she does yeah very you know kind of stripped down it's almost like oh god i'm trying to i mean it's it's almost like television the way the way mm -hmm. some of it is shot um or interesting. maybe i'll have to chew on that a little bit because i don't remember exactly when television well i mean it was a thing well it, existed. <laughs> it was i guess i guess what i'm getting at is maybe it was more 
And I don't want to say it was like newsreel. What in quite it's not quite there. Docu- but it's documentary it, style. Maybe kind of, documentary uh, style ish. Is a good fit with this episode yeah. since yeah. we're about to. But yeah, and and there probably was not a bigamy epidemic, but I think that she addressed the the male wandering eye, you know, and um and how like I'll just this is not a spoiler, like an innocent bus ride might turn into something that's a little sinister from uh yeah uh, and and I don't think you know maybe bigamy wasn't an epidemic, but we talked about this on the on the call we had. But there definitely was um, some double living going on because you did have men that came back uh, and maybe some women, too, Mm -hmm. that, you know, came back after the war and they had, you know, affairs abroad. And, you know, maybe maybe they were maybe they weren't married to their person in the states maybe they were only engaged but they Mm -hmm. had affairs abroad they may have had children out of wedlock um and then they come here i mean this is like the godfather man i mean Mm -hmm. michael goes over and marries apollonia and then she you know we know what happened to her and there's no mention to um diane keaton's character at all you know of this woman he married while he was in exile that's a mm-hmm. little dramatic but that was going on and there were oh, yeah. men who were like salesmen you know like in this movie that mm-hmm. probably had other families and women in other cities i mean it happened and when you also i mean you couldn't just date people and mm-hmm. have sex then you shouldn't, right? So people were getting married who probably had no business getting married, and then they were having affairs aplenty. I mean, this yeah, yeah, that the, the sin, you know, I'll just say sin or vice, it's nothing new. You know, we know no. uh and you know, there was there there's this movie called The Apartment by Billy Wilder, which is basically after this, but you know, making fun of something that happened. And I, I think that's where we were, uh, the noir member has been effective in that we do get into the context of the time. Um, and it's not like we're excusing any misbehavior. I mean, it's no, more but just it's acknowledging only a sinner, it happened. Right. Yeah. And like, you know, sleeping around and you're not married or whatever, that's only a sin if society says it is, right? And society exactly, yeah. said it was. They said this is against any reasonable moral code. Now, you can believe whatever you want to believe, but mm-hmm. like, you know, so when you force people into marriage because society says, well, the only way you can be with someone is to be married, then this is when this kind of weird shit pops up, right? This is mm-hmm. when you see C. Baxter is having to loan his apartment out. And, and that's when it becomes like seedy and and morally suspect because society says, well, you can't, you can't, mm-hmm. you, you have to get married. So, yeah. Um, this is one anyways. day. This is straying from November, but I'm just going to plant this seed. One day we're going to have to watch some Eric Romare films because I really want to hear your perspective in those. Um, different way of uh portraying that subject. Um, but anyway, yeah. anyways, yeah, we've wrapped up with the killing. I mean, we didn't wrap up, but we wrapped up chapter three, and then we had the last one. And the killing is just it's just fire, it's just so yeah. uh. It, 
it's just shot out of a cannon and it's grisly it's dark it's invigorating i mean i just love that movie and um and we had some interesting conversations about kubrick too and uh and not everybody's a fan um and uh, you know made me question my i I love a lot of his movies like respect a a lot of his movies love like you know 2001 i love this one i love pass of glory um but yeah no it's an interesting discussion and the great thing is people had different perspectives they rated the films some people didn't like all the films although for the most part these films were uh pretty i don't well think received. anyone hated any of yeah, these there, movies there were a couple um maybe they weren't as vocal but i i saw the ratings there were there were mm. a couple um you know below five is what i wouldn't i wouldn't call it hate but uh, there were some below fives but anyway should we segue to the other uh the yes real, the true noir the true, true crime. Dark. so i want to preface this aaron by saying that i think generally speaking the fascinate like i am fascinated with true crime i know aaron is i know that a lot of people are because it's one of these things where it's like we're witnessing something it's like almost like driving by a gruesome accident and you can't look away from it right absolutely yeah um but i also am very cognizant of the fact that these are real people involved in this and i know that especially like the true crime podcast it's a lot of women it's a lot of white women who are like really into this stuff and like they do that there's that convention you know every year right, like right oh and yeah I do know <laughs> it it does kind of get into like ooh, like yeah. icky territory where it's like almost people are cosplaying as um detectives or and it just kind of it can get really gross really quick um so I just want to kind of preface this by saying that neither one of us is like that and no, no. um there's definitely like there's definitely like you know what the fuck did i just watch or like just being kind of blown mm-hmm. away but ultimately i do try to be very conscious of like okay people died here right or right. if they and didn't families, die like crimes yeah. were committed families were destroyed you know mm-hmm. um so i just had to say that as like a little you know disclaimer and I'm I'm glad you did because I won't. Um, so well, there's a difference between really finding a subject fascinating and sometimes true crime. You know the way these happen. Sometimes they are very very fascinating. Sometimes they and that's that's part of the narrative. They try to um, right. you know tease those fascinating elements to really hook you. And sometimes they do. I would say there's a difference between a, going down a rabbit hole because you're interested. Cause like every one of these movies has a Reddit and people are yeah. still trying to solve the crime. And that's the, the other side. And I, I won't mention the name because it would be a spoiler, but there was one true crime documentary I watched where uh, internet detectives tried to solve a crime and they screwed it up they messed it up so and uh actually yeah caused harm um and yeah well you get into wasting time yeah well and i will say i won't mention the name because i don't want to mention the name but there is a very (laughs) high profile individual who fancies themselves as a civil rights leader and this person is a scam artist i mean there's there's no two ways about it 
and there have been oh i think i know many many people a group of people i'm trying to be so vague here but there's a group of people who have for year for years said this person is awful and this person when there were like um like when charlottesville happened mm-hmm. and all the tiki like was actually doxing people based on video footage saying this person was at this this thing and it wasn't that person so you get into yeah you know that's a rabbit hole because so i guessed it i'm sure probably a few other people guessed it so that's that's a a big rabbit hole but that's a big rabbit hole great point point. not always ethical people yeah. There are unethical and potentially criminal activities from this individual. Mm-hmm. And I won't mention the name because I don't know how litigious this person is. Mm-hmm. And so, um, but, and, but there and, does, and get, when, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I, I was just gonna say, I think sometimes people are guilty too. And sometimes yes, you don't see a lot of people in jail for murder saying I did it, <laughs> you know, and that's yeah. just reality. And I, and I, you know, I, I would, I don't think I have it in me. Well, probably everybody in, in our, this is why it happens. Everybody has the capacity to do bad to things. Do, yeah, absolutely. And sometimes it's just misfortune in life that gets people in going in this direction. But, um, but that's just my, human nature. I myself think right every, now, I'm yeah. not at risk. Yeah. <laughs> so. Right. I know. I think everyone in, in, you may be more than others. Cause there's, there's truly like evil that, lives within people that mm-hmm. you get those rare instances where there is like zero redeeming quality they are just a terrible and whether that's nature nurture both whatever but i do i i'm with you i do believe that every human is capable of things that they don't think they're capable of and they've got the right switch in their brain that keeps them from doing it but then if you think about if you were put in a position horrible position or the conditions were just right or in this case they were the wrong kind of conditions i think a lot of people could be capable of doing doing something Mm -hmm. which also makes this really fascinating and it's like you know it's like when you watch a you watch a storm and you see you see like video of a tornado and it's an incredible sight right you're like Mm -hmm. admiring yeah. Yes. Oh, it's it's gorgeous in a way. Of na- yeah, yeah, this yeah, absolutely. It's like this beautiful mm-hmm. you know, nature is doing this crazy thing, but it's horrendous. You know, it's mm-hmm. taking out people's homes, it's destroying people's lives, it's killing people. But you sit there and you're like, this is a fascinating mm-hmm. occurrence. So this is I kind of compare it to that. It's like you're watching these things happen and you're like, "Oh my god, this is insane." But also keeping, and so I would say to anyone listening to this who watches these kinds of documentaries or they are considering doing it because of what we're talking, I would would ask you to, when you're watching these things, to make sure that you have that, you go, okay, what I'm watching is crazy. And yeah, I'm watching (laughs) this for entertainment, but you have to be grounded and remember, okay, well, real people were involved with this. Yeah, I, I love the tornado example. Also, hurricanes, you know, yes, those satellite images are gorgeous. Yes. But, and, but the people 
and I, I'm guilty of this too. I, I think guilty. I, I have a tendency. I will sometimes watch the storm chasers and that's yeah. why they are there. Jim Cantore, if he's in your city, you better vacate. Man, so. <laughs> man, I love me a good Jim Cantore spot. Like, yeah. like that one video where he knees the guy in the balls. <laughs> I've like not he, seen that. But he's uh, like somebody <laughs> coming up and like, Woo, you know, trying to get on camera and Cantore was not having it. And he just straight up knees the guy in the balls. It was, wow. and then, and and then didn't even, <laughs> it was like, it was a fluid, it was almost like Gene Kelly, like in his movements, he just, <laughs> the guy comes up, Jim Cantori knees him in the balls and goes right. Like there was no break in That's his awesome. recording. It was just a thing of beauty. I'll see if I can find the clip. We can put it in the show notes. Yeah. And we both experienced hurricanes. So, um, you know, they're, they're not fun, but no, <laughs> And but we were all because we live in the southeast, we're always interested. So sometimes we're watching for this for hey, is it coming our way? Right. Um, but okay, let's segue yeah, into let's dive into this. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll we'll talk about a few. Um, I think it's fair. Well, I watched a few recently in November. Yeah. Um, I just I think I shared this on another podcast. I got sick, I got a cold. I hope you're not getting one, Jill. Um I feel but, it, but we'll see. We'll see. But if you want you listeners, do I sound sick? Let <laughs> us know in the comments. Will, yeah. Next week, uh, when this drops, we'll know for sure. Uh, <laughs> but if you need uh, some comfort TV, uh, you know, these actually work pretty well. And, uh, you know, kind of keep them with the theme of Noir Member. It's not like, you know, you know, I watched Oppenheimer. I, I watched uh, you know, a lot of uh, I watched Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. It's not like I'm only watching crime. I mean, I right. think I would go crazy. But but I, I do respect the of course documentary filmmaking period. I, I love um, a good story told, but there's also you know I, I can only watch a Tarkovsky every now and then. Even though I love Tarkovsky, I would actually add Kubrick Kubrick to that list. I can't I couldn't yeah. watch a Kubrick every day. Um, and sometimes you just want to turn the brain off a little bit. And a lot yeah. of times these are great escapes. Um, and. I, our, my wife and I, we like this phrase called background TV. Oh, so, yeah. So like having something on, but, you know, your kind of your emails are out there, um, you know, this this sort of thing. These these are great background TV. So um, you, you want to start off? Yeah. Um, Probably have a dozen or so shows that we'll talk about maybe. Yeah. So I'm going to I'm going to talk about one. I'm just going to kick it off with with I'll be gone in the dark. Um and the reason why now this would not be background TV for me. Yeah, um, this one's so not this at all. one. So I'm going to start off with like horrendous and explain why it's horrendous. And then mm -hmm. that way I can get that out of my system and then move on to these others where I'm, where it wasn't so personal. It didn't resonate as much with, I don't know. This is difficult. I got you. I got when you. This, yeah. So most of you may know, or I think most of you know, the comedian Pat Oswalt and his wife, Michelle McNamara, um, she died, I think, 2018 or 2019. I can't remember off the top of my head, but he basically took their daughter to school, came, brought his wife a coffee sat it on the bedside table she was asleep he went and did some work she still wasn't up he went in there and she was dead 
and it came out um several weeks later in the toxicology report that it was it was i think it was like a heart attack that was essentially brought on by um pills and she was taking a boatload of xanax mm-hmm. and there may have been fentanyl there too i'm not sure but she so and so she'd been self-medicating she had been self-medicating and the reason why she had been self-medicating is that she had made it her personal mission Mm -hmm. to track down the identity of the golden state killer and she gained access to things that had never been accessed before because she befriended people in the police mm-hmm. and other private investigators and she became so engrossed in the lives of these victims the people who died the people who survived um that it was taking a toll on her mentally and like she would be in a hotel room because she was traveling to meet with meet with someone and literally spending hours upon hours upon hours going through all of this evidence which there may be some ethical things there because she was getting access to files that she probably shouldn't but the end mm-hmm. result is the man was identified and was caught and he you know it, he's yeah, caught it, that's great yeah and so that's great and but it destroyed and so the so she there was a book she was writing Mm -hmm. patent finished it and it came out and it's really really good and it's called i'll be gone in the dark and then they made this hbo series i think it's four or five parts yeah off of the book and so 2020 comes and we're all you know stuck at home and so my husband and i watched this and it i was not in a great place mentally um mm. and you know i have taken xanax before and um i have anxiety issues and panic disorder and it was really hard for me to watch because you have just the nature of the crimes for starters that it's a lot of violence towards women um women were being raped and abused and tortured and their husbands or partners were being forced to watch it and then seeing michelle is internalizing all of this and struggling with it and not telling feeling that she couldn't tell anyone that she was struggling with it and i there was one episode where i straight up had a panic attack and had to like i looked down at my apple watch and my heart rate's just going nuts Wow. And so, um, but that said, it is a part and and this came out and then they caught the guy after. And they actually, right. the way after they caught died, him, yeah. yeah, the way they caught him was through basically ancestry.com, like through mm. one of these um DNA kits. Yeah. 
and uh, which should tell you don't do those DNA kits because. <laughs> well, I'm not a murderer. I'm okay with it. <laughs> yeah. So, if, so if, but if, if you're if a cousin but, is a murderer, I'm fine. Yeah. Go ahead and. But give so DNA. I just it's a really really good series. The book is fantastic. It is mm -hmm. it is yeah. really heavy stuff, and I think they did a very good job of addressing what was like the facts of the cases and then also what was going what michelle right. was dealing with right. and and so the way i viewed it was that she was another one of his victims hmm. she never she never met she ne never came in contact with him right mm -hmm. but he, the quest yeah, no. for those answers took her life the obsession um, killed her yeah the obsession killed her and yeah. i i i've the way i view that is he took her he took her out yeah and um so anyway so that's kind of the yeah the hard one for me that one was really hard um well we had some yeah. qualms um and you know i've I've liked Patton oswalt as a comedian and he's a cinephile too in fact i think he wrote a book uh, a very light book yes. but it's about his yes. his journey in cinema and i i appreciate he he uses his platform sometimes to help others right um and I, i'm not, not saying anything negative about pat and oswalt you know I, I i just don't know i'm not part of that family so i don't i don't know whether you know I'm, I'm sure it was you know tragic like unspeakably tragic unthinkably tragic for him to endure this and maybe even to make the documentary probably even to make the documentary or, or right. and finish the book and all that um but i, I don't want to excuse him though you know there. It, it was a weird thing. Now, as far as like documentary nonfiction, um, I thought it was a story that was told very well. Um, yeah. And and I, I I'm not I'm not going to make excuses because I your reaction is very interesting because we did not have those. And um, you know, I I'll be I'll share that I've had an illness that Xanax was part of the prescription to um, get me to recover. It was just part of a cocktail, just you know, many right. many things, but effective. It worked. And, um, and so, yeah, you never know. Uh, of course, I, I think the, the levels are a little different, but, um, yeah, I'm not taking fentanyl for sure. Um, but yeah. Uh, and I think, you know, and it's one of those things that I'm sure in hindsight, he's mm -hmm. probably kicking himself for, but I also don't think he, I don't think he knew the extent that she was self-medicating. Yes, um, I think you're, I think that was apparent in the documentary. So I think maybe looking yeah. back at it, he's he is probably I'm sure he has gone through some therapy to deal with. Oh, he I'm sure he is kicking himself for missing things. Mm -hmm. Um, but she yeah. was she was secretly suffering, and and taking just a boat and like getting like, you know street mm -hmm. xanax and shit you know like oh, it wow. was bad wow yeah that's and that yeah yeah it's tough I, I you know as you know i'm very much aware and there for my wife when she needs me so um so yeah it's a slippery slope i you, you can't put yourself in their minds but just my perception is that probably was you know a product of the time and um probably very difficult and and i think he was probably still in the grief cloud is what i'll say um yeah, I think that that's fair. Yeah. I think I that's fair. You and can't read somebody, you know. No, and um, I think, and, and I do give him credit for 
making sure her work got out there. Yes. Um, because, you know, it's one of those things that, my God, this took her out and then it's, it's, it's not going to go anywhere, you know? So right. I do think, but I I'm with you on, on, maybe there was maybe some different choices could have been made but i yeah, yeah. And, and and i'm i'm not including Patton or or, or hbo or anybody i just, i'm just I, the the end result is we do have this mini series which i would recommend people watch but yeah. you you made i mean your experience is a great point that sometimes these can be um grisly stories sometimes yeah. they they can be difficult to um, process and sometimes right. you never know when that's coming. So right. um, well, can I share, um, Yeah, you know, I, I think, uh, so I think one of the kind of breakthrough docuseries, I mean, frankly, when we were growing up as cinephiles, I, when we were growing up, like, like we're <laughs> like we were at the four in the forties Oscars. Yeah. But, um, but the thing is do documentaries have been like thought of as not entertainment. They, Right. I mean, I, I think we probably as kids, I'm, I don't want to speak for you, but probably thought of a lot of them as boring, <laughs> you know, right. later in life, they're a lot more interesting when you get like degrees and, um, you know, and you're more interested in the world and not just what games you're playing or what sports you're playing or whatever. Right. But um, so, so I, I am, um, I, I've decided to watch a few this month and one of them was making a murderer, which, um, you know, it's now about. I don't know, 10, 15, somewhere between 10, 15 years old. But I, I knew of this one as like one of those kind of influential documentaries that really kind of, um, you know, blurred the lines between um, truth and fiction or uh, not truth and fiction, but uh, entertainment and um, infotainment, I'll, I'll say. Maybe, right. maybe not, maybe more information because like, you know, right. the old PBS documentaries were, were very informative. And, and I, I would actually trace it back to capturing the Freedmans, which was um, a documentary where they, they withheld certain facts to make uh, the story more dramatic. And it is a very, very dramatic, interesting movie. Um, and so is making a, mur a murder and, and there's been two seasons. So I, I know you've watched the first, right? Yeah, and and just to clarify, it was it, it was released in 2015, but the filmmakers, two women, Laura uh, Ricciardi and Maura Demos, they I'm I'm sure I've uh, messed up her name, but um, they filmed it over 13 years. So there's actually Thank like you. interviews from you know right, 20 right. years ago. And so they took all this time. So it was finally released in 2015. And then the new, the second season, I think has been made over the last couple of years. Um, and it, when this came out, it dominated, it dominated discussion. Um, and it's, I mean, what do you, what do you do? <laughs> you know? I know, I know. Like, and and I, 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 so that's my background and I'll, I'll just say right now, that this might be a minority opinion, I, but I'm not convinced. But I think that uh, I think they did. <laughs> I think this is an example, and and actually this is a great example of the family going through. So, um, uh, and I'm I I don't really know. I, that's just my my opinion. But the thing is, I'm not informed. I was not on the jury. I, um, I don't know if it was a one sided documentary, but it was interesting having a season yeah. two because uh, the jinx 
has a season two coming out. Uh, and that's Robert Durst, which, Ooh. wow, I, I, is that well known? <laughs> I, I uh, mean, you know, that that documentary or that series is really good. But then also there are some ethical yes. discussions being had about what happened there. And yeah, which I don't know that we can. Which I mean, that happens with all of this. I mean, you think about the Maisels. You think right. about oh, Albert sure. David Maisels and like the ethics of say Grey Gardens and Great. I was just thinking know, that yeah which I love the Maisels I think their stuff mm-hmm. is fantastic they're pioneers mm-hmm. in oh, in what they were doing but I think you do when you're making docus I mean there are ethical concerns and I think even today with what gets made I think sometimes you go wait are these people being exploited. Um, or is this story being edited in a way that, um, right. I mean, you, and this actually, is why I, these I, are more <laughs> interesting than those old PBS documentaries, because the PBS right. documentaries are like, yeah, you know, and these new ones, they're being edited in a way that, you know, is it's entertainment. Yeah. And so, I, I'm glad you brought up Grey Gardens. I, I, that one did not come to mind. And um, but that would be certainly an early form of infotainment. And yeah. And which you were just like the whole time. You're like, yeah. holy shit. Are these people real? Exactly. And, you exactly. know, there's raccoons in their no house. Crime. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. No crime. It's but like I mean, hoarders. again, like exactly. It is like an episode of Hoarders. And, you know, so and, Just, and listeners, watchers, I uh, would love to hear, um, you know, some other examples of what you describe as like early, um, uh, I guess, infotainment versus uh, or even entertainment. Um, but yeah, uh, so something like, of course, when I think of the, the most seminal uh, documentaries, I think of Shoah and, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's definitely a major true crime. But um but that's def- and I would not say that's boring. I think it's fascinating, but difficult. But uh, yeah, the the jinx. Um, the thing with the jinx is that you know you kind of come to like the guy through. And oh, I don't. I mean, I don't know. Hey, he's just a New Yorker guy. Like I've met fifty thousand people like him. Yeah, he's a kind of he's, he's quirky. A, yeah, he's a fascinating. Now he, he's dead. Um, he's dead. Yeah. Spoiler. He is dead. He <laughs> he's dead. died in prison. So just spoil. Yes. Yeah. He, yeah, he, yeah. he did it. He died in prison. <laughs> uh, but he did it. And he, there was another one he got. So like the dude was right, right. nuts. And like, and I mean that in the most derogatory way possible because he was just, he was a, ta- a terrible person. I'm, I'm smiling not because, yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're like. <laughs> I'm, that's, I'm like, oh yeah, this guy's terrible. <laughs> yeah, uh, but um, he, yeah, that that whole documentary, I mean, it was a wild ride for real. And I did not watch that at the time, but, uh, you know, there is a very, revelatory sequence at the end which by the <laughs> way they 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 fudged with the editing a little bit uh the 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 phrasing the the bombshell was not said exactly as it was played but no but the, he still did it um and but the way that that drops oh man and um, the whole time and before it came out that yeah it was kind of tinkered with yeah 
I was like, I was blown away. And then I got to thinking about it and I was like, wait a minute. This, this seems a little too like, yeah, perfect on the nose, you know. And also so. like the, the ethical, I mean, it's, it's weird in hindsight because we know he's did it. We know he's, he's gone, but they were um, misleading him that they were, the crew was making a case against them, which was interesting, you know, how right. they, right. How, how they plan to trap him. And, you know, I mean, it's really not a spoiler and, because and, this and made go, headlines. Yeah, it worked. Was it, it worked. Yeah, you go, yeah, well, it was unethical. They did that. But, you know, the result, the intended result, right. you know, whatever. Yeah. But it area. does make you sit there and go, wait a minute, like, mm-hmm. are innocent pe- people being all, like, if you're doing, like, not everyone is as diabolical as Robert Durst, you know, so right, right, right. are you using this on other people, you know, too? So, um, but again, the end result was the man got arrested. He went to jail and he admitted to everything. He did do it. And uh, and then he died in prison. So, woo, happy ending. And probably uh, Andrew Jarecki, was that the name? The director? Yeah. I, I think it was Jarecki. Yeah, he's done some others, too. And, and he, that's part of his style. But. You know, hey, if I'm if I happen to be a murderer and Andrew Shirecki calls and says, hey, would you like to sit down for an interview? I'd be like, no, no, <laughs> no thank you. No fucking way. Yeah. Um, but um, I'm fortunately not. So, Andrew, you're welcome to call me. We'll have you on the show. Yeah, um, sure. <laughs> uh, what, what others are there? So I'm going to throw out the keepers. Now, this is one that I watched. It came out in. Let's see. Um 2017 and it it's one of these on uh netflix now and i will say that there is kind of a a tendency particularly with the netflix series that they really go about an episode or two too long um and that's not to say there's not important information in each episode but it's like all right come on now combine this a little bit we don't need to see we don't need to see the same b-roll footage over and over and over again of like a moon you know right right or like owls hooting for 27 minutes but really (laughs) what this is about and and again i can't i would be refreshed my memory would be refreshed very quickly if i read about it um but basically and this is something that you know, Aaron and I were talking about is that you consume these and you're really, really into it while you're yeah. watching it. And yeah. you're really, really into it like a few days after because you want to tell everybody about it. And then it you forget it because it's exactly. like, yeah, you're on to the next thing. But this was about a um, disappearance and death of the of these this nun mm-hmm. um, in the 60s. And this was in. um boston i believe and really so it's about it's a it starts out as about her murder but really what it is about is the gross abuse within the catholic church and specifically in boston and we kind of know i said boston am i it was baltimore sorry um a b city but we all know about the various abuse scandals in the Catholic Church worldwide, and we know about it here in the States. Mm-hmm. And this was a real eye-opener 
um, in a lot of ways. And I went to a Catholic, I'm not Catholic, but I went to a Catholic high school. Our, um, the bishop at the time who handed me my diploma uh, abused um, oh boy like over the co- course of like four decades mm. um and i probably graduated with kids who were abused by him um so this was one of those things where i was it was very difficult but um and it but it also took a very good look at how and if anyone's catholic who's listening to this I don't mean to like offend you um, personally, um, but it does kind of, it's very critical of the confession system within Catholicism and that that is a perfect structure for abuse. So when you have that, where you have to go to someone and confide in them about your sins and everything that that can be in turn used um to coerce and um not to mention not allowing members of the clergy to have relationships um so that also sets up um the prime mm-hmm. grounds for abuse so um anyways it's an interesting yeah, that- that's a interesting dark one. series yeah. it's very dark um and it'll and like the police are involved like it's a whole web of corruption mm-hmm. um that will make you want to pull your hair out and you know this shit's still happening it's still happening so i'm sure anyways. it is and, and and you know i've i've probably seen a few on that subject and yeah. um and i so so i've seen this one and i i had forgotten that i'd seen seen it until i just pulled up my letterbox rating and i gave it a seven out of ten yeah um, now i think just saying seven out of ten is a disservice to the subject um but right so maybe but it maybe does one day i'll watch it it yeah. does go a I'll little watch it i mean like i said yeah like there it does go a little long and kind of repetitive i think what was the most affecting about this was that there are still there's former students and who knew her and knew other mm. and and they speak yeah. to women who were abused um and that was the most like the people who are living victims or knew the the nun who was who was killed that's mm-hmm. the hard part because they they're they're not over it yeah, there's no, no I- closure and that's where you know the, again the point we've repeated a few times that hey there are, there are people that are hurting from these documentaries yes. as well yes. so let's turn to a fun one yeah let's do <laughs> um, that we get it the hell how, out of this how about mcmillions that's fun oh, right man that one was a blast <laughs> that was uh, a max like, i think yeah, yeah it was one of you're... the first ones they uh yeah, yeah. oh and, we're calling um, it max I, I can't believe i'm doing it now I'm i mean it was a i think it was hbo it, it was still it was an hbo, HBO produced yeah. But it's basically about this really elaborate scheme to win um, mm-hmm. the the monopoly the the McDonald's monopoly game, you know, where you go and you get the large fry and you get the pieces. Oh yeah, it, I played was, it. I'm sure you did too. Yeah, yeah I did too. And I had no idea. <laughs> yeah, it was a whole. There was a whole the scam. 
scam going on it's with it. So it, crazy. It was fun. It was fun. I love it when like it's a corporation that's a victim. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And the thing is, well, McDonald's. You know, I, I don't. You know, supersize me is another uh, kind of infotainment with a, an agenda. But um, but I actually I, I think it's a great movie. I I really like that one. But McDonald's is uh, I don't have a lot of sympathy for the, for McDonald's. I, I mean, sure, yeah, you can you can order it and um, and it sure tastes good. But you know, I don't think of it as really good food. Um, but I uh, but but that one was funny. And and so that I remember. So Netflix and you know all, really everybody else kind of have different distribution patterns. Yeah. Um, although Netflix is changing their ways. Um, in fact, some someday we'll talk about cult documentaries and they, oh, I'm sorry, this this was actually a Max, so they did this, this never mind. Yeah. But, but Netflix has started spacing out there when yeah. they drop episodes. Um, but this, this was one we watched in real time. We're like, okay, I, I didn't catch the news footage. I'm going to avoid the internet or not search uh, McDonald's for a couple of weeks. And so we watched this in real time and week after week. And I think that's an easier way to digest it. Yeah. And, and I, I'm not advocating, I, you know, a lot of the Netflix documentaries are really great. Um, in fact, I think uh, Making a Murder was Netflix. The Keepers was, was Netflix. Yeah. The Jinx, I think, was HBO. Was, was HBO. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and there's another HBO documentary that I, I is a fun one that I want to bring up. Um, but McMillions, oh, yeah. I was really riveted. Uh, and it was what, fun. I mean, it was it fun. Was. Um, and and yeah, the, there's there no one died. You know, there was no murder. So it was it's really a it's a heist kind of like a like a slowly paced heist. It was twenty four million dollars worth of fraud on this stupid Monopoly game from 1989 to 2001. It's Hilarious. insane. And the thing is, you, we're talking about like, you know, being uh, giving a full uh, picture of the story, you know, like mm -hmm. um, not being one sided. Well, I mean, this one had the scammers. This one had the police oh, yeah. that were chasing them. It had mm -hmm. everybody involved. I, I'm not yeah. going to say it was. I mean, they did it. <laughs> they admitted it. Um, so, yeah, there was no agenda there. It was So this one was truly entertainment. I mean, it was a really entertaining uh, docuseries that yeah. I enjoyed. And and yes, I did go down the road. It was an hole. inside job. I mean, yeah, it, was it was essentially it was an inside job. I mean, it it's 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 just it's great. I won't, it's great. Yeah, I won't say how. It's really no. remarkable the way it happened, and um, and, and that's something you know, kind of like the capturing the free ones. They um, they edited it to make it more uh, to keep you invested, <laughs> and yes. well, it, they got me. So, yeah. and then uh, the other one I thought of that speaking of hbo and they got me and fun is telemarketers and we, <laughs> oh, I think we've talked about this a couple times we have and i just i just finished i said just it was like a month ago and uh what is there three episodes i think it was, and yeah three it was pretty yeah recent, pretty, yeah pretty quick and um the long and short of it is basically if you get a call from any kind of police charity, fraternal order police, you know, like police widows fund, or you know, just just firefighters, any kind of firefighter, yeah. any, firefighter any, yeah. police, anything like that, it's a scam. All and of it, yeah. all of it is a scam. And those stickers that you get that you put on your car that you think is going to shield you from getting pulled over <laughs> for a ticket, it's all a scam. And, um, yeah, it, it's funny. 
It is very funny. There's a well, lot the thing of is, like freebasing going on. <laughs> there is some freebasing. There's a lot of and freebasing. The thing is, uh, your point about making a murderer, how they had, you know, uh, many, many years of um, in, in, oh, in development. Oh, my God. I mean, this is another example. And, and that's just the way we live now. And other documentaries, too, like some of the recent cult ones that we'll talk about, um, they just have so much footage because they're on YouTube. But this, but this, this footage, is different. Yeah. yeah, this is different. This is no iPhone. Exactly. This guy. It's like 20 years ago or something. Yeah. yeah or plus this guy. <laughs> who I think he became like a reporter for vice or something. But this guy, when he was in high school, he like dropped out of high school. He was like a deadbeat. He takes a job in this call center of New Jersey or somewhere Mm -hmm. like that. And it's basically in like a where an abandoned warehouse. And he brings a freaking camcorder in there and records all this stuff so the fact that he had the presence of mind so this so for all you kids listening once upon a time you would have a giant video camera that used actual tapes with actual film to film it there was no digital nothing and so this guy took his camcorder yes. <laughs> kids there was the a thing office. called tapes <laughs> tapes and he filmed all this like crazy stuff tapes just in it's if you've seen the movie boiler room okay mm-hmm. oh yeah great example. uh take boiler room or like it's like across with like glengarry glen ross mm-hmm. boiler room and maybe like wolf of wall street like take all of that, but then make it like flea market sleaze. Okay. There are no suits being worn. Okay. Right, this is right. like, or no. like maybe like throw in like a methadone clinic. It's Frankly, like method, I, methadone I'm clinic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Methadone clinic meets call center. And it's like, it is incredible. And it was very funny. And they're they're funny, but the thing is, they yeah. tape they they made these tapes um, without the intention of them becoming. I mean, they they probably had no um, inkling of what a docu series was. Um, um, so that's part of the charm is like you get to like the people. The people are very likable, and right. and they're you know, I guess they have an agenda. I mean, they're trying to figure things yeah. out. It's kind of like. Scooby-Doo and well and most um, of these guys I mean they knew that what they were doing was wrong you know they knew oh they they knew knew they knew it was sketchy but they needed a job right and and a lot of them were unhirable because they had either no education they had they were yeah they were ex-cons they were you know they had a record of some sort so you got to take a job, right? And so mm-hmm. it's you basically had people who had a record, um, otherwise unemployable people, um, working. And what's hilarious is they were working for the police. And so, right, <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, technically, yeah. I mean, not indirectly, yeah, indirectly. Indirectly, I mean, yeah. These were, you know, it was like retired police officers. And there were still mm-hmm. current police officers that were involved. So, like, it this was right, like right. multi-million dollar operations, and these people were having their pockets lined 
and it all comes back i mean it was just like it was mm-hmm. like your epic like hollywood police corruption like just it was yeah. great and I think I, I, I've shared the story with you, um, maybe listeners, but I've worked at a call center when I was a child or a child. I, I, I was probably like 22 or something. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> but um, and uh, I, we had um, some musicians as clients. So I got to talk to Whitney Houston all the time. And so, uh, you know, because wow. they, they were a client and. Uh, and so I, I saw that world. Now, Whitney Houston is not did not ask for any money for police stickers. Um, but yeah, that one was fun in a weird way, but also really informative and yeah. eye-opening about like that industry. And, yeah. and we get calls. I mean, we've been talking, uh, aside from this, we've been talking um, other times today. And I think you've gotten maybe one or two telemarketer yeah. calls today. Yeah. And the funny thing is, right after I finished watching this, I started just getting an avalanche of fraternal order of police call. Like, and like... I was finally armed with the information to make these calls go away. So yeah. I had fun with them, some of them, and I and I felt bad afterward. Um, I don't condone doing this, but I kind of strung them along. And then I was like, "Yeah, I watch telemarketers. I know that." Um, did you know that that uh, this is all BS? And uh, no, they uh, they hung up on me. And so I found that that I, I don't like to talk to them. So I found that if I just say I watch the telemarketers documentary, I know it's not you but um, mm-hmm. I know what you're all about. And then I get a, thanks for your time. We'll remove you from the list, but I still get calls. Yeah. Um, no, they're like, I, still, I mean, it's like it's the same a, person. <laughs> yeah. It's the same person. A lot of times it's like AI, you know, yeah. whatever, but yeah, I get, I get them all the time. And I, I say some colorful language. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's the um, people that are stealing money that I actually am. I'm really enjoy stringing yeah. them along. But, oh uh, yeah. So, anyway. There's a but so I'm just gonna like throw out a couple. We're not gonna really get into these too much, but I wanna I wanna mention Lula Rich. That's kind of a fun one. That one's on uh, seen it. Amazon Prime. If if any of you, if we have any women listening to this, specifically women who live in the suburb, um, if you if your spouse or partner, um, or if you're a mom, um there a few years ago there was this clothing called lula row and it didn't really hit my area so much because i think the women who live where we live are more into like very designer expensive clothing um but i know that like way out in the burbs or like um my hometown uh the these women these grown-ass women were wearing these this clothing and basically what it amounts to is it's like toddler clothes for grown women so like you'd buy these leggings that would have like fucking candy corns and shit on them or like santa clauses or like it was just the just stupid mm. shit and these leggings and then these tunics these, you know like a you know i like a tunic fine but it was very like bright i like garish. a tunic <laughs> you know i love me a tunic i love i love a very relaxing tunic but these this was i mean picture what a two-year-old wears 
and then mm-hmm. make it bigger and put a woman a grown woman in it and what it was a multi it was a multi-level marketing scheme and oh. and so like i could be a lula a lula row consultant and i sign up with lula row and i buy the fucking whatever package that's mm-hmm. like ten thousand dollars and then they send me and i have no earthly idea what i get and I, I get weird sizes, I get weird prints, and then it is my responsibility to have a party to sell the, the, these stupid ass clothes. And so many women felt it, and a lot of times it's moms, you know, because they're stay at home and they're looking for a little extra money. Well, anyways, somehow they're wrapped up with the Mormons. And hmm. anyways, it's fascinating it. <laughs> and hilarious. It is oh, hilarious because the whole time you're going, what? Like the people that got really high up who got to meet the owners, like they were like, yeah, you're going to Mexico for weight loss surgery. Like I'm telling you, it gets into just insane territory really quick. Um, and so that's on Amazon Prime. And then I'm also going to throw out... Um, Tiger King. I'm not going to even get into this. All of you saw this shit. <laughs> we all saw it, Tiger King. It had, yeah. it had, it came at, the, Tiger King came at the right time. It was at yeah. the beginning of the pandemic. It was a great distraction. Mm-hmm. Um, Joe Exotic. You know. He, I, I mean, really all of them. Um, I mean, yeah, just the Carol, uh, Carol, Carol and Bassett or Car- like, Carol no, Baskin. Baskin. I mean, yeah. When and you've then, got yeah, like Doc, Tom whatever. Hanks. Yeah, Tom yeah. Hanks doing a, you know, a spoof of that on Saturday Night Live. You right, know, right. that it like, um, and then I was going to bring up um, very quickly, Mommy Dead and Dearest, which is the image back here. Mm-hmm. You have Ma- Mommy, um, who is Dee Dee um, Blanchard, and her daughter, Gypsy Rose Blanchard. And again the long and short of this is that dd they lived in louisiana and then at some point they moved somewhere in the midwest out of kansas or something but um dd basically made gypsy rose act like she was sick and she went around and told all these people that gypsy rose had like muscular dystrophy she had leukemia basically this is a case of i mean it's the most bizarre ever but they like she would put this child through exploratory surgeries she would had she had like a feeding tube like tried to you know tried to be so convincing that this child was like mentally disabled um that she was younger than she really was she had all these illnesses she would try to like convince doctors to like put her on all this crazy medication and the fact is there was nothing wrong with this kid at all and um surprise surprise uh gypsy rose and her boyfriend murdered Dee Dee, and um the boyfriend is still in prison and i don't think he's getting out but the good news with gypsy rose is that she gets out in december her sentence has been um shortened 
And because I kind of feel like I can't hear you, Aaron. You're muted. Sorry, I muted because I was I have not seen this or the last yeah. Lula so, I just, so, so I just so I just spoiled it for you, but you, it's you all did, over it's the okay. news. But what's you funny know, is I was grabbing my headphones like I should take these off. I'm gonna watch it. <laughs> yeah. So but but basically, you know, I'm on I'm on Gypsy Rose's side, man, because she was put through some horrendous shit. I don't mm. advocate murder, but I mean, look, it's like, you know, she was she was at abused for years and years like had teeth pulled i mean Hmm. like crazy shit happened to this to this woman now Mm -hmm. and look she killed her abuser so i'm i'm yeah that's i'm gonna i'm gonna reserve judgment until i watch it but it sounds like we're probably on the same page there um yeah and and we're we're running along i'll just say that with tiger king I mean, Tiger King, I think it was like the mic drop into trash territory. Um, oh, no, I, it's absolute sleaze. Right. And there there have been plenty of trash documentaries. And yeah. I, when I say trash, I'm I'm not saying they're bad. I'm just saying they're kind of exploitative. It's you like know, Jerry Springer, though. It's very like, exploitative. Yeah. And but and, and the memes that came out the memes that came out of it. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I love the, he, I'm never going to financially recover from this. Like, <laughs> I just think about the spoiled meat that showed up that he like was going right, to suck. Right. Like, oh my yeah. God. Yeah. And it's then he like, wanted to pardon too. It's uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. The thing is everybody, no matter what they say, everybody watched it. Everybody talked about it. Everybody, I don't want to say enjoyed it, but I think a lot of people enjoyed oh, it. Oh, I think a lot of people enjoyed it. And then they dropped it. Like, yeah, like I mean, well, the fact underwear. that he was like married, he was quote married right. to like six different guys at the same time. Right. Yeah. And he and he tried to be like a music star. Like, there's just so much there. It's like Succession, where there's really no redeeming characters. You just don't know until <laughs> wait, you, you get just, there. The, and this I, is, I'll just say, I'm wait, not, this I'm is not the zoo. <laughs> this is the sketchy zoo Succession. <laughs> Like, somebody needs to make that show <laughs> oh my god it was it's okay. like car carnies meet carnivores you know it's mm-hmm. it's like <laughs> on a venn diagram carnies and yeah. exotic pet exotic animal people they they do overlap yeah, inside baseball. I don't think there's a Kendall Roy in uh, in in Tiger King though. <laughs> On a lot, well, maybe some levels there is, but anyway, um, um, one day I think we will talk Succession because I'm currently, yeah, I wouldn't say binging it, but I, we, we're we're actively watching it. Yeah. We, we're a little ways away, um, but we probably should wrap up. Um, I, I hate to not talk about the Murdaws because they. Oh, we got maybe we got to Let's just dip into the Murdaws. Let, let's okay. Well, well, the thing is, the Murdaws is not over yet because, no. Um, no. and I, I don't think it's really a spoil. I mean, the thing is, I live in South Carolina, so this is basically, and I I know somebody that I can't. I'll tell you offline that is indirectly related we'll say i'll just use that word um to the situation but um but yeah we've been eating our popcorn since that happened and then we realized oh wow so is everybody else (laughs) so Mm -hmm. uh, what what do you think of it oh god it's so screwed up i mean i this here's the thing this is 
so Aaron and I both live in the South and right. the Murdaws are kind of the, I know people like this. Now I'm not too. saying, well. <laughs> I'm not saying that the people I know are murderers, but I know people like this who are that represent the worst of the South. So this is like the height of like white male privilege. It's the pretending to be wealthy when you're really in debt up to your eyeballs. Like it's, it's this whole like croakies polo boat shoe contingent. Exactly. It's, uh, it's term, a, that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. It's a, but, it's but a type money. of, yeah, it's a type of Southern that is yeah. so disgusting. And yeah. I have had my run run-ins. I mean, uh, I won't even basically someone who was very much a part of my life for a very long period of time came from this kind of skeezy ass family where they acted like they had a lot of money and they dressed right. away and they were racist, like mm-hmm. so vile and lived in Charleston. And so this is, this is like a, it's almost like it, I'm enjoying it because I'm like, I know these people. And also it's just so fucked up. It, it this is like the ultimate Southern mm-hmm. sleazy. It's what resides in the underbelly here. Right. Yeah. And I think that's why it's fascinating. Um, a, a word we haven't used yet hubris <laughs> oh yes hubris is actually the word that's a common thread through a lot of these documentaries yeah and and also you know i'm not being rude but stupidity a lot of people that commit crimes are not smart you know breaking news and sometimes this reveals some of their missteps and a lot of times with cases you know i i don't want to poke fun but you know, in making a murderer, there was a a a, a character, a, for lack of a better, a person uh, of interest that um, that had a documented very low IQ, and uh, you know there were some questions as to whether this individual was taken advantage of. You know, you watch it and let you be the judge of that. But the Murdaws, um, you know, hubris, they just knew, and that's where you know I, I don't want to like get into like a whole woke or white privilege, but they because of their stature in society their power they, their power I mean, they did not they thought they were untouchable hosting this dude was yes. hosting yes and alex murdoch and Al- he, alex that's alex, the weird sorry yeah. yeah the 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 he i mean the fact that he was co- he was co- he was basically a fuck up he was a fuck mm-hmm. up from day one and he was riding on his daddy's name and yep. and then his sons are fuck ups. Yeah. And the one son I'm convinced was closeted. And hmm. um that's a whole thing. And and you know, the one kid that got murdered, the gay the gay man who was murdered, who disappeared, um, hmm. you know, right, who was friendly with the one Murdaugh. You know, I I just think that there's there's stuff going on there, man, and that's another thing with these kind of um, 
again, croaky wearing, polo wearing, boat shoe mm-hmm. wearing dudes. Vineyard vines or yeah, whatever. Vineyard vines. I mean, yeah. it's a whole fucking thing, man. I'm there are telling a lot of you, vineyard vines in Charleston. Yes, <laughs> for a reason. and it's a it's a thing, and they are they're like frat. They're like yeah, frat really boy, are, yeah. constantly sunburned frat boy. And that when I saw this, it was like I could feel it deep in my soul. Like it just hit me. I'm like, ah, I know these people. And um, no, it's seedy uh, as all get out. I do too. I I do know some good people. I will say that I know yes, some good I don't people. Wanna, that wear, I don't want. I don't want to say that if you wear if you're listening to this podcast <laughs> and you are wearing vineyard vines that you're a sleazeball. There's like a 92 percent chance you are though. Um, right, but right. we are going to acknowledge that there is, there may be a contingency of people who wear vineyard vines who are good people. <laughs> and and I'll just share, I, I can't be specific, but the individual that I know that's somewhat connected to this um, might fit that stereotype a little bit, but is a really good person. And I right. you know, have known this person yeah. for So they years, fall so, in the 8% yeah. of this stereotyping. <laughs> the 8%, that we're yeah. But look, yeah. the facts are the facts. But the, you know? and there's there's more to come. That's the one thing um, with mo- yeah. these modern documentaries. And and I will I will say that the documentaries I think there are more of them, but the quality yeah. has dropped with some exceptions. Yeah, I would say that the vast majority of the because it it seems like every week a new one is yeah. coming out, and and it is kind of like I, I'm going to go ahead and liken it to reality television. I mean there there yeah. is um. You know, some reality TV is okay. Top Chef is fantastic. Um, you know, at its peak, Project Runway was really, really good. RuPaul's mm-hmm. Drag Race. Um, oh, yeah. But then, like, you have, like, uh, Wife Swap or whatever right, the hell. Right. You know, or like, the Housewives. You get in, yeah. Yeah, you get into that. And so, I, you know, they're not all the same. Um, but mm-hmm. I will say that the Murdaugh Murders, the Southern Scandal, was pretty well done. Um, and I think yeah. there's a 2022 on them or a dateline maybe. Um, and there's going to be more coming out. I mean, this is, yeah. this is actively, I mean, I think what was it two years ago was when he. Yeah. Um, it was during the pandemic. Cause I, I just locally. Yeah. Cause he was like changing a tire. He was trying to say that right. he had been like, he basically claimed that he had been like carjacked. Yeah. He's, so, he, like, he 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 basically staged a scene is what he there did. were like back to back terrible <laughs> crimes happening right. and he's trying to say that someone like went out to their like mm-hmm. remote compound and did all this i'm like dude no one is carjacking you on this dirt road that is not happening what's funny is um so not to get too deep into this but his lawyer is our state senator and he mm-hmm. lives about a mile away and I have talked to him and he's um, he has a reputation of being, um, we'll just say old man yells at cloud. <laughs> I think he would actually agree with that. Like most of his legislation is get students off his lawn. Um, not really. His name is Dick Harputlian. Um, I probably wouldn't be able to say it at all if I didn't live here. But yeah, now and I'm we were thinking, why would he take this case? But yeah, I, I mean, every everybody is entitled to counsel. You know, one hundred percent. Yeah, I think the public are, opinion has you're innocent until Alec. proven guilty. Yeah. But, but, and actually, I'm pretty but sure some people get off. Yeah, he was just 
uh, sentenced in another aspect of this. I'm looking this up. Yeah, he was he was sentenced to 27 years yesterday for financial crimes. Oh wow. Okay. No, today oh, wow. actually. No, it was yesterday. 27 years that. for in the state for financial crimes. So I mean, this is like a whole. So yeah, that'll be in season three, and the other thing will as well. Um, so so if we can wrap up, I just want to yeah. recommend one actual good one. Like yeah. So I, I would say the quality at Netflix, and I, I like Netflix. Um, I'm, I'm not really taking a, a shot at them, but I would just say their programming has got. I, they've they've trimmed some budgets. Uh, yeah. Of course, you know they have Napoleon and you know lots of stuff coming out that are high budget. Um, you know, the Irishman is the biggest one. A um, couple right. of years ago, that probably will never happen again with Netflix. And so they they've had some like brands that they've tried to create well they've created like uh there's one called crime scene and they'll um do like three or four episodes on something that happened and confessions of a killer which are often like you know the tapes there's one with uh like uh, um john wayne gacy was tapes with the lawyer that they mm -hmm. so again if you have footage and then those can get very grisly and some some are actually good but most right. are i, I would categorizes that background tv um category but yeah. there was there was one i actually got kind of um, wrapped up in um and i didn't know the case so um so a lot of times that's that benefits you so you know like knowing right. the murdoz so well um you know i don't think i it's not as entertaining but it's um it's more just like okay wow <laughs> um right. but the one that I'm, i want to mention on netflix was it's called till murder do us part soaring versus hasten and this is a pretty infamous case and i i won't say anything because it's been it was just released maybe about a month ago or maybe two uh this year for sure and um and it's really about a, a story uh, an incident that happened a tragic incident that happened and two people are accusing each other and their stories change up. And um, and so they do edit things in a way. Rashomon. To, exactly. It, it, this is a real life Rashomon, really just between two people. And um, the only thing I'll spoil is that you're not going to get answers. You're going to be left with questions. And that, that's OK. You know, I, I right. don't want filmmakers to like make up you know say okay we think this person did it um i, I like mm -hmm. sort of an even hand and i thought they edited the story pretty well to make it compelling but also I, you know I, I did go down that rabbit hole um i'm not going to solve the case so even if i was a online detective i would probably move on to greener pastures yeah. but um but i did go down a little rap, bit of a rabbit hole and i think that now that i've learned about the case i think it they they gave it pretty good treatment so um so well done to who i, I forget the director but uh till murder to us part is one i'd recommend okay. um i'll have to check parts. that out three parts right. so um but other than that i think uh wow we covered them haven't we <laughs> yeah i mean uh, we yeah we did pretty good i will say too that netflix has had those they've re um booted unsolved mysteries right right and um the first they've done two seasons of it the second season wasn't as strong but um and they do they do a great mix of like <laughs> you know murder and disappearance and then like alien store like ufo stories so it's a really good mix <laughs> of those because you know i love a good i love a good um and actually our, our friend Mariah 
we talk about these all the time about the unsolved oh, really? mysteries and uh we love a good abduction ufo uh alien abduction story but um the the first season there were some really great episodes on there and um i think that also came out in 2020 so everybody was really paying attention to every new piece of whatever coming out you know I, but i'm I, hoping I that, that they've got a new one coming out soon i think um, we need to have an alien abduction journey and oh like at the end you actually get abducted by aliens let's make i'm that telling happen. you i would be on board with it yeah um, well maybe one day we'll we'll talk to mariah about that um oh she loves she loves her some like bigfoot <laughs> ufo um yeah she, loves she's it. so fun so yeah that, that might might happen yeah. um all right well uh, uh yeah this yeah, was uh, great listeners I, I, there's the thing is there's thousands literally probably thousands of these and there's so many streaming services i, I don't think there's any way like anybody could like keep up with all of them so yeah um, and we haven't but, even gotten into like the cult ones wild wild country yeah. the the vow i mean the vow, oh, there yeah. are so many other you know the heaven's gate one that you know like mm -hmm. there's just some and i will tell you that some of those like the like the heaven's gate twin documentary flames. twin flames the heaven's <laughs> gate documentary actually um did a really good job of being sympathetic toward yeah. the 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 victims and um which they i i really out. appreciated that so you know they're they didn't treat them like they were kooks necessarily like right. they they yeah. treated them like people and and um so yeah um so yeah there's all kinds of those but we just decided to stick to the true the true crime aspect they're great. I think we'll get to that. I think we'll get to that. And I, I yeah. might rewatch uh, some of the, uh, uh, well, there's the uh, the love, um, uh, love, the new one that I. Uh, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You were just talking love, about this. Love has one. Love has one. Yeah. Um, which is brand new. The last episode was just this week as we're recording. So, um, yeah. So anyway, we'll, we'll get to those. But um, yeah. So uh, where can we do <laughs> where can we find ourselves? Uh, well, look, yeah. here's the thing. Substack. Yeah, Substack. Cinejourneys346.substack.com. And this is where this is kind of like the portal into everything we're doing, right? So the the edited podcast is is going to be out there on all the major podcast hosts, but this the unedited episodes, bonus videos, um, you know, all mm -hmm. kinds of good stuff is on the Substack for some are for free, but the vast majority are going to be for paid subscribers. And um, so lots of goodies there. So we really encourage you to sign up for that. And we also have our website, synodernies.com, which is still under construction, but that's where we're hosting the journeys we're doing and mm -hmm. all yeah. kinds of good stuff to come. So and we're going to have some graphics uh, by an actual um, cover artist, reputable co cover artist. Um, yeah. And we've, they're going to be awesome. We've seen them. So um, yeah, uh, looking forward to it. Yeah. I think yeah. December, January, you're going to see this really yep. uh, take shape. And, so, and uh, we should have soon, I would say over the next month, we mm -hmm. should have more of a social media presence so, um, and as we kind of navigate a post Twitter landscape, um, we'll see where we land, 
Um, but we will have accounts on Letterboxd and Instagram and, you know, those. So just keep an yeah. eye out for that. Always, right. always great talking to you. Yeah, of course.